0: Days after violent protests rocked Kazakhstan, many of us are asking what this means for Kazakhstan, the region and the world. I research governance and security dynamics in central Eurasia. And today I'm going to explain what this means for the future of states in central Asia and the former Soviet space. We know that about one week ago, peaceful protests swept cities around Kazakhstan. Higher fuel prices brought citizens to the streets and provincial capitals. People in each region voiced unique demands, but in the country's largest city, Almaty, the protest turned violent and brutal. Unlike provincial protests, these were different. They featured gangster-like figures who seemed to come out of the shadows. It appears that the protests over energy prices and corruption were an opportunity structure for factions inside the government to fight one another for control of the country. What happened next is a mystery because the Internet's been shut off for days. The government's beginning to tell its side of the story that peaceful demonstrations by citizens reacting to a rise in fuel prices were hijacked by what the government calls local and foreign terrorist groups, stating that a coordinated group of 20,000 people caused riots, looting, rape, and mass violence. President Kasim jomart Tokayev took to Twitter and said that these bandits launched an attack on Almaty. He said that many of them were speaking languages that were not Kazakh, implying they were foreign fighters. There's scant evidence to support this. The riots in Almaty that day left 164 dead, at least that's the government's official estimate. As the violence in Almaty escalated, President Takayev panicked and called upon the Collective Security Treaty Organization, the CTSO, a security organization led by Russia to come in and quell the disturbance. Russia then sent 2,000 of its own troops to Kazakhstan, where they're now providing security to this young republic, which gained independence after the collapse of the Soviet Union 30 years ago. This was a historic move. It was the first time the CSTO was used to put down a domestic conflict. Rather than ask protection from a foreign attack, Kazakhstan asked the CSTO for protection from its own people. If the Kazakh president was so weak and couldn't rely on his own security forces, What does this mean about the future of his state? Political theorist Max Weber famously defined a state as that entity that has a monopoly in the legitimate use of violence. If a country like Kazakhstan, a country that has embarked on a project of national construction over the past 30 years, requires foreign troops to guarantee this monopoly on violence, what does this mean about Kazakhstan's independence as a state? By inviting the CSTO, Kazakhstan has sacrificed its symbolic, if not outright legitimacy to foreign powers. For 30 years, the country's leaders have proudly proclaimed its sovereignty. Leaders said that sovereignty was the most important national value. It was something leaders fought to protect and build until their own personal gain became more important. The events demonstrate how truly feeble Kazakhstan and other states that emerged out of the dust of the former Soviet Union truly are. For years, leaders promised a social contract, relatively good social services and better income in return for quiescence. The government did provide citizens higher incomes and better social services than others in the region, but it wasn't good enough. There had been perennial protests from labor unions, democracy advocates, and ethnic minorities asking for more rights. Leaders overpromised and under-delivered. The country's leaders squandered vast natural resources for their own personal gain. Symbolically, it was the oil workers whose last drop of dignity was violated when they were asked to pay more for fuel. This irony escaped no one. At the end of this week, we are asking, what is the future of the state of Kazakhstan and other states like it? One of the most important political and geopolitical questions we should be asking after these events is what does it take to be a state? For a long time, it looked like Kazakhstan was on firm footing, but that footing seemed to collapse in an instant. Leaders in Kazakhstan had to foment a kind of nationalism to solidify their state construction project. They elevated national language, consolidated national myths, but they also created a cult of personality around political leaders, famously renaming the capital Astana to Nur after President Nursultan Nazarbayev. How is the growing Kazakh nationalism compatible with Russian soldiers who stand to shoot at Kazakhs who protest their government? Weber says the use of force must be legitimate. It's not clear if any leader has legitimacy in this country right now. This should give us concern. Legitimacy must be earned by leaders, it must be cultivated through respect of citizens. You don't have to be democratic to be legitimate. Around the world, there's a constant humming of a revolt of the public how well governments deal with these revolts may be the truest measure of their stateness. My sense is that this current government's days are numbered because the leadership lost its legitimacy in the eyes of the people and its protector Russia knows this too. The president said security forces would shoot to kill protesters. Those bullets shot from the barrel of the guns of foreigners may yield a self-inflicted wound at the heart of this young republic's dream of sovereignty. This has been Jennifer Murtazashvili at the University of Pittsburgh. Follow me on Twitter at jmurtazashvili to learn more.